Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, November 9th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the fringes of LA County, I am the show's producer, Roger Chang. Very happy to have joining us the very first guest Daily Tech News Show ever had, Tim Stevens, editor-in-chief of CNET's Roadshow. Welcome back to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's been way too long. Yeah, it's it, we've had him on since that first episode almost five <laughs> years ago, but it has been a while. It has been too long since we had you back. Uh, we're going to talk about electric vehicles, Tim. You're going to tell us about some trucks. Yeah, it's a really interesting and I think underserved uh, part of the overall EV community at this point. But there's some interesting developments coming up, some cool technologies and some cool companies that are starting up in that area. So it should be a good conversation, I think. I'm going to get you all ahead of the curve with that. Let's start, yeah. however, with a few tech things you should know. Microsoft said a fix has been deployed for an activation issue that caused some valid Windows 10 Pro users to see a message prompting them to install Windows 10 Home or get a genuine copy of Windows. Microsoft said that customers would not need to take any action and can continue to use Windows 10 Pro as usual. The issue should be resolved by the end of today, at least at this time of recording, is Friday. GE-owned Avitas Systems has received the first FAA approval in the U.S. to fly a 55-pound or higher UAV beyond visual line of sight without a spotter for commercial purposes. That's actually the key right there. The fact that they can fly it without seeing it uh, remotely through a camera, obviously, uh, and charge people for it. Avitas could do this before. They just couldn't charge anyone for it. Avitas will use the drone to inspect infrastructure for Shell Oil at facilities in the Permian Basin in Loving County, Texas. Disney announced the its upcoming streaming video service will be called Disney Plus, the plus sign, and will launch in late 2019. Among a selection of Disney movies and TV shows, the service will launch with two live-action Star Wars series, the vehicle run by Jon Favreau and a series uh, following Kaz a- uh, Ankor said before the company <laughs> said before said to take place before the movie Rogue One. Disney also confirmed the new services will have live action Marvel series focused on Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston. Sorry, I need to get back up to date on my Star Wars. <laughs> All right, let's many, talk a little bit. Many more. many vehicles. I'm going to buy you Rogue One. <laughs> 
okay. as a movie on Singles Day, the world's biggest shopping day, which takes place on Sunday, November 11th. Uh, Singles Day, if you don't know, we've talked about it on the show in past years. It started back in the 1990s in China as a day to celebrate bachelorhood. Then it sort of evolved into celebrating relationships. And now it has been used as a promotion by Alibaba's Tmall for 10 years as a way to promote buying things for each other. And in fact, all of Alibaba's properties use it. Last year, Alibaba sold more than $25 billion in goods on Singles Day. They expect to top $35 billion dollars in sales this year. It has grown beyond Alibaba as well. Other e-commerce companies like JD.com and Pinduoduo China also have sales on Singles Day. And it's expanded outside of China across Southeast Asia. Uh, I know in the U.S. we here get all focused on Black Friday, but Black Friday ain't nothing compared to Singles Day. Also, I mean, okay, I, I understand the concept of Singles Day. Great, fine, good. I'm a single person as well. I know how what it means to buy a lot of your own stuff. However, how much of this really has to do with the lifestyle and how much of it really has to do with sort of that Black Friday thing where it's just a date? No, yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, again, it started back in the day as a way to celebrate relationships or the beginning of relationships or even a lot of weddings would happen and people would stop being single. I'm sure that still happens. Uh, but these sales, they're all about deals. Uh, just as if, just as not everyone's buying gifts on Black Friday in the U.S., not not everybody's celebrating relationships on Singles Day in China. Tim, what are you getting me for Singles Day? Uh, yeah, I, I got to admit, I wasn't really familiar with how incredibly massive this was. But as you mentioned, yeah, it dwarfs Black Friday. I think $35 billion are expected to do this year, which compares to like 6 or $7 billion yeah. in the U.S., maybe for Black Jump Friday. Change. So it's absolutely massively huge. And uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting phenomena. And it's kind of amazing how a little trend like that can kind of balloon into this big, big, big thing. It's like Cyber Monday ultimately was kind of the same sort of thing. And now mm-hmm. it's pretty huge, too. You avoided the question. What are you buying me for single stuff? What am I buying? Um, <laughs> yeah. As somebody with dogs and children. <laughs> the proper yeah, answer is, Tom, you're married. You get nothing. Cars, get, all, get all the hair out. Sorry to dodge the question. No, no, no that's it. okay. <laughs> Research from a team at the University of Pennsylvania showed that the first evidence of a causal link between time spent on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat and decreased well-being... Is a thing. The study divided 143 undergraduate students in a control group that behaved as normal, and then a second group that limited their time to 10 minutes per platform per day. The group with social media restrictions showed significant reductions in loneliness. The group hopes to conduct further studies invoking other social media platforms and other age groups. Yeah. Hmm. So, and, and the researchers will be the first to tell you this is not the last word on this. Uh, they they want to study other age groups, as they said. Uh, they want to try to find uh, what whether people were moving on to other platforms. Maybe there are platforms that cause you to feel less loneliness. And because they stopped them from using Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, maybe Tinder and Twitter made them feel better. I know a lot of people are skeptical that Twitter might be that, but they want to study that. Uh, But this is, in fact, showing evidence of a causal relationship. It's not showing a causal relationship. It's important to note. It's showing evidence of a causal relationship, which warrants more study. Tim, I don't know how you feel about this. Uh, you know, we we hear so many of these these stories like social networks are 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 making us worse. Well, okay. What if we get rid of a variety of, uh, I don't know, uh, photo filters that make everybody look 
more beautiful than they are. So the rest of us don't feel, you know, it's like, is, is it about kind of managing expectations of the social network or is it actually just a social network that should not exist and makes people actually feel worse? Yeah, it's really hard to know because for me, Instagram is fairly low stress and I actually feel kind of connected with my friends more when I see what they're up to, especially I think the addition of stories has really helped me to feel more connected with friends in terms of kind of, you know, the inane things they're going through in the course of a day. Um, but, you know, I can definitely feel how if if maybe you're not getting out on a given day, if you've got a quiet week going on, how maybe you would feel like you're maybe left out of the party. Certainly if you're all of your friends are checking in on a Friday night and you didn't get an invite to hang out. So there's definitely a lot of opportunities for things like that. Um, but ultimately, I, I really don't know what the solution is. You know, I don't really feel like like we can kind of mandate or uh, create some kind of a filter that could really prevent that. Um, honestly, f- for me, you know, w- whenever I feel down about social media, it's just a question of disconnecting. And I think ultimately that that's I think that's something that we need to, as a society, get a little bit more comfortable about is simply being OK with not being on Instagram for a day or two or a week or a month even. And that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, I, I think it's important to consider the first step to be you, not what someone else can do, but what yeah. you can do to limit your own consumption. Maybe you've never thought about it before. And what I like about the study is it doesn't say eliminate it. It says limit it to 10 minutes. At 10 minutes per day, it, there was a reduction in loneliness. So that would be the place to start. See if you can do that. Now, if you have problems limiting yourself, then you might need some outside help. And then that's Quite a bigger problem there. Yeah, yeah. For, for us, it's a bit of a challenge too, because I, I think for us, social media is so much of our professional livelihood almost, where we mm-hmm. almost need to be connected. Uh, certainly for me, you know, Twitter is a great source of news. And, and so I'm, I'm on there constantly all day long. And Twitter is, I'd say, the most depressing social network of the moment. So, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to filter that stuff out. Um, even, you know, I've got a filter that's just journalists, and it's, in theory, just, you know, interesting news stories, but it's still a lot of a lot of depressing I'm, stuff filters through there. I'm very active at, at muting and unfollowing people when they start to bug me in my Twitter mm-hmm. feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that helps a lot, like pruning your feed. I think I don't know if enough people do it or if they realize they need to do it. Like, man, all of these people are angering me. It's like, well, maybe don't follow them, but they're yeah. my friends. Like, well, maybe unfollow them for a while or mute them or something if they're well, angry. I think, I think the, the sort of like, I that's my friend is one aspect. Also, somebody may provide a, a, a real news value to you. And of mm-hmm. course, we're all in the news business. So yeah. there are a lot of people that I follow where I'm like, I don't like your style. You actually kind of made me feel crappy right now, but you actually provided me a news value. So yeah. there's a little bit of that going on as well. A study shows Sprint slows traffic to Microsoft Skype video call service in the United States. The study is by teams at Northeastern University and the University of Massachusetts using information from 100,000 users of the WeHe app. Uh, this is an app meant to look for net neutrality violations. Between January 18th and October 15th, the throttling of Skype by Sprint was found in 34% of 1,968 full tests. A full test involves running the test twice in a row to avoid any false positives. The effect was spread out geographically. It wasn't in any particular place, but affected Android users more than iOS. A spokeswoman told Reuters from Sprint that Sprint does not, quote, single out Skype or any individual content provider in this way. So it's still possible they were just slowing down video in general and Skype happened to over-index. But they've definitely been caught doing it. It's it's a little bit disconcerting, of course. I mean, I think this is what we were all a little bit worried about with the whole lack of net neutrality in the U.S. Um, but this, you know, it's a little bit too early to know. I think whether 
this is actually an overt action or simply, like you mentioned, maybe something, a filter gone wrong. So I guess we'll see how this shakes out. But I'm really, really, really glad to hear that um, that folks are watching this as closely as they are. I think that was the most encouraging thing for me out of this story. Yeah. Uh, and whether you're for or against legislation on the matter, uh, the idea of holding c- companies accountable, I think, is generally agreed on so that you can make your decisions if you have a choice over who to choose. Uh, and in mobile, generally in the United States, you do have a choice. So this is the kind of thing you want to see happen. You want to see studies done like this on a regular basis to help you make an informed choice. Yeah. Amazon said Friday it'll start selling Apple products directly and have access to such as the new iPad Pro, iPhone XR, XS, Apple Watch Series 4, and Beats headphones. The deal covers the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Japan, and India with the new products hitting Amazon sales in the coming weeks. Now, here's the thing. This is done in exchange for Amazon cracking down on unauthorized Apple sellers. You can no longer go onto Amazon as a seller and sell an Apple product if you don't have the authority from Apple to do so. So those people are getting pushed off to eBay. Not saying it's illegal. Amazon's just saying, we're only taking authorized Apple uh, retailers from now on. Here's where you apply if you want to sell Apple stuff. Uh, and, And that's... That explains a lot of this back and forth about Apple TVs. A lot of people thought, oh, is it because of Prime Video, et cetera, et cetera. But then Prime Video showed up as an app on Apple TV. It's been about authorized resellers. Apple wanted Amazon to kick them off the platform. Amazon probably didn't want to for the longest time. And they finally came around to some terms that Amazon said, okay, that makes it worth it for us. We'll do it. Though no HomePod, though, interestingly. Um, and that, mm. I think, is, uh, you know, it, it's really to me to see what products Amazon will and won't sell. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's a, it's not exactly net neutrality, but it is interesting to me that they are so reluctant to sell any products that are directly competitive with some of their own main products. We've seen this with Google in the past. And that, I think, is a little bit a little bit frustrating for me. But that must have been must have been one of the more heated discussion points between Apple and Amazon and figuring all this out. Yeah. And if you didn't catch it, even secondhand. Uh, you're not allowed to sell used uh, items on Amazon unless you're an authorized Apple retailer. And, mm-hmm. and again, you can become one. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll help you figure out how to apply to become one. But, you know, Apple doesn't have to approve you if they don't want to. And they may not. So Krebs on Security reports the U.S. Secret Service is warning that criminals have been using U.S. Postal Service's informed delivery service to conduct fraud. Uh, the way the service works, the U.S. already scans all of the mail that goes through it uh, as part of its scanning system. And what they hit upon is, hey, we can share the scan of the outside of the mail with the recipient ahead of time so they know what to expect, uh, which which is kind of a nifty thing. So, so you know if that letter is coming today, maybe, you, maybe you'll want to rush home to get it or not. Uh, the criminals, what they do is sign up for the service as if they are the residents, then use the email to tell them when a fraudulently ordered credit card is showing up so that they can go steal it out of your mailbox. That way you never know it was even signed up for and until suddenly you get a bill. To mitigate against the attack, Krebs recommends that you sign up for informed delivery yourself and for every valid recipient of mail at your household. That way somebody else can't sign up in your name. I mean, I kind of had to laugh when I heard this this morning because I just signed up for the service because I just moved apartments. And I was, as Tom had told me, this is actually a really great thing. You know, you see the mail before you go. You know, if you're going to go back to the old uh, mailbox or whatever, you know, you you have a good idea of what's there. The service itself is really convenient. 
But yes, the whole stealing identity part is very much not. Now, Krebs called them on the carpet a while ago saying you need to have some verification. And they do that now. They will send you a piece of mail that says, hey, you you signed up for this. Are you sure you 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 want it? Does it go into the right email address? But the criminals will then just steal that, too. So you don't ever see it. It's pretty rare that we get security alerts that actually kind of turn you on to a cool new service. So if anything that's good <laughs> yeah. coming out of this, I guess it's that. But yeah, it, it seems like there's got to be a better way to do some sort of two-factor authentication because it's basically just sending you another letter. And yeah, that seems a little short-sighted to me. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't know what that would be. I mean, if, if you can't rely <laughs> on, on a piece mm-hmm. of mail showing up uh, to be that second factor for something like this, I'm not sure how else you would prove it. Uh, because that that is a, a pretty good way to do it. But but yeah, uh, there's also supposedly a way you can email to block, like you're saying, I don't want informed delivery, but I don't mm-hmm. want anybody else to have it. Uh, but Krebs says they tried it and didn't get any response. So they're not sure mm-hmm. whether it actually works or not. Hmm. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com, our sister show. We also have a, a, another uh, sister or brother show, MVGB, Monthly Video Game Briefing. Uh, if you want video game briefing for you, not not for that that person who plays a lot more than you or the casual gamer, you're somewhere in between, you're listening to this show and you just want to know what's important in video games every month, check that out, dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB. All right, we hear a lot about electric cars, especially from Tesla, but it's always about sedans, if not flat out sports cars. So what about the good old consumer truck? Your painter, your contractor, uh, just just somebody who wants to haul some stuff around. You live out in the country. You want a truck. Well, Tim Stevens covers that space for CNET, so I thought we'd ask him. Tim, if I want a flatbed truck, am I still stuck with gasoline? You are. Uh, sorry to say, there are some conversions out there. There's a company called XL that will convert uh, an existing truck into like a plug-in hybrid kind of thing if you're willing to drop another ten grand. But uh, there really aren't anybody, or there aren't any companies in the market right now selling full-on EV trucks just yet. But there are some coming. Um, Bollinger is a really interesting company that um, has a couple of really cool trucks, uh, an SUV. Uh, called the B1, and a, a truck as well coming out. Um, and these are full-on EVs with a lot of power, uh, a lot of torque, over 500 horsepower, 500 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, so there should be plenty for towing and plenty for everything else. Um, but these are definitely going to be on the pretty high end. They haven't announced formal pricing yet, but we're looking at probably in the $60,000, $70,000 range, something like that. Um, so they're going to be pretty spendy, uh, but they look really cool. I think they've done a really good job of taking, uh, I think, some design cues from the Land Rover, honestly, the, the original Defender and some other tweaks there um, to bring that to um, a new high-tech product, which is nice. But again, this is a, a small company with a, a cool idea that's not going to hit the market for another year or two, and it's going to be very expensive when it does come. Man, um, the, the, re- the weird thing about the Bollinger is they're taking advantage of, of the way uh, the design of ele- electric motors is different. So you can haul lumber by just sticking it all the way through the underside of the truck, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the, the nice things about EVs that will actually work really well for trucks is that, you know, you can create these flat skateboard battery packs that go in in the bottom of the truck effectively, which means you've got this really flat platform that you can either build, you know, a luxurious car on top of or you can just build a lot of cargo on top of as well. 
Um, and given the traditional body on frame construction of a truck, that actually works really well for creating a nice space for batteries to live as well. But that's something that really most manufacturers haven't tapped into just yet. So it, it, it should prevent some or provide some good opportunities. Plus, you have a, a lot of torque in trucks, which is great for uh, in EV trucks, which is great for off-roading if you want to. You know, if you want to do hardcore rock crawling, you usually have to do some kind of reduction gears to get enough torque out of a, a bigger motor. Don't worry about any of that stuff with an EV. You have all the torque you want to from zero RPM. Um, so a lot of great advantages for that kind of thing as well. But the biggest thing I think that's going to slow the adoption down is that your average truck buyer, they don't really care about fuel economy. They don't care about the environment so much, to be honest with you. Uh, and they really just want um, you know something that's going to handle every situation they can throw at it. And so right now, gasoline, is is it makes a lot of sense for that buyer. Uh, but there are definitely a lot of advantages for EVs. And I hope that... Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. We can find uh, more of a market growing there soon. Yeah, I, I, I think, it, is it the W15 hybrid that's sort of the, the F-150 of, of EVs for Ford? Is that fair to say? Right, yes. So Workhorse has got the W15, which they actually showed at CES this year, and that's coming to market in the pr- the pretty near future. I think that'll be starting at around $60,000 and going up from there. That's actually based on a, a Silverado. Oh, okay. Uh, so they take Apologies, a Chevy owners. I, 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 I didn't mean to offend. <laughs> Um, but that's definitely the kind of thing where it'll be a plug-in hybrid where you can drive, I think, about 80 miles on a charge. Um, but then it's got uh, a range extender, so similar to the Chevrolet Volt uh, technology where you can fill it up with gas and still drive on further if you want to. Um, and so that's that's still basically a conversion of an existing truck. Um, but Ford is working on a full-on hybrid version of the F-150, which they promised to bring to market by 2020. Uh, and the really cool thing about both the Workhorse W-15 
and and the proposed uh, F-150 as well is that you can actually power your power tools from the truck. Hmm. Uh, You'll see a lot of trucks driving around with kind of a generator strapped in the back that's kind of bouncing around and getting covered in filth. Um, And then the person drives to the job site and all day long they have that generator just droning on. Um, But you can imagine uh, a very near future where you can just basically plug all your power tools right into your truck and tap into the, the, you know, 15, 20, 35 kilowatt hour battery pack that's sitting there under the bed. Um, that can actually be a really nice solution for, for job sites, but also for stuff like tailgating too. You can have a nice uh, big speaker system plugged in the back too, which could be cool. I just wanted to add, these would be great for convention centers. Now, if you've ever been to a convention center where they're setting up booths and stuff, mm-hmm. they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of, uh, internal combustion engine powered forklifts run on propane, but they have a separate tank to collect all, the emissions because you don't want to just be in a giant building filled with carbon monoxide because everyone would pass out. But you could use an electric <laughs> vehicle in that setting without any modifications. You can roll in, roll out. People won't be sick from diesel or mm. or gas exhaust. Uh, and if you need to be around, you know, people with sensitive uh, conditions, it'd be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that actually works out pretty well at auto shows as well. You know, they have to be very careful about what cars they fire up and when they fire them up at, at auto shows. But in EV, you can kind of drive them around all you want to. So it works out pretty well there, too. Uh, but, but yeah, the lack of emissions is great. And honestly, even, you know, like I mentioned, off-roading before, you can even like forward through a lot of water because there's no air intake in them, too. So not only the exhaust, but the intake is, is removed. And then there's also maintenance. You know, uh, EVs are so easy to maintain. There's no oil to change, no coolant to flush, no uh, timing belts that wear out after. 100,000 miles. Um, all that stuff is gone. So in theory, they would be much more reliable too. So so that's the pitch that the automakers have to make to get truck owners to want to buy these is uh, you've, you've got more hauling flexibility. You've got maybe some, some powering options that you would never have uh, with an entirely gasoline-powered vehicle uh, and, and lower maintenance. I, I think lower maintenance might be the, the most compelling of all of those. Yeah, it definitely could be. Uh, and certainly that's that's a, a major cost for business is, you know, looking at the, the miles per, per dollar that they're spending or dollars per mile that they're spending on these vehicles. And that could considerably decrease if they go to an EV, both from fuel consumption, of course, but also from maintenance. Uh, and that, that would make things a lot easier. And certainly most of these things tend to be built from aluminum because they're lighter weight, which would be good for living here in the Northeast. I don't know how many trucks I see mm. rolling around with giant rust holes in the fenders. Um, so that could be eliminated as well. There's a lot of great advantages. Um, but again, the average truck buyer is a very conservative uh, person when it comes to things. So even when Ford introduced aluminum construction in their trucks, for example, there was a lot of people who turned their noses up on that. But then again, Ford also introduced turbochargers in their trucks not that long ago. And now more than half the trucks they sell have turbos. So people kind of got over that pretty quickly. And I think if they could make the case in a strong way, um, that, that the market could turn pretty quickly on these. Yeah, things. If, if it's got a real benefit, I think that's that's always the key, right? Like it has to be something like turbocharger where they're like, oh, okay, I, I don't like new things, but that's a really good new thing. So I'm, I'm going right. to get used to that right away. It, it does seem like we are at the point where we just... We just need to see more of them come to the marketplace. Like we ha- we have these concepts and we have these promises. Uh, how 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 long do you think it'll be before you can actually walk on, onto a dealership and have somebody try to sell you one of these? Well, the the Bollinger is expected to hit the market within the next couple of years, but that's going to be a very low number, very niche vehicle, and again, quite expensive. Uh, Ford is expecting their plug-in uh, F one hundred and fifty to be out by twenty twenty. 
Um, so that'll begin to kind of set the set the tide, set set the conversation there for what these things look like. You know, we always go from straight gas to hybrid to plug-in hybrid to to full-on EV. So I think that'll be the path that Ford follows. But there's also Tesla. You know, Tesla has promised. Elon Musk has said that they they want to build a truck as well. Um, we're expected to see the Model Y, their crossover SUV, here in mm. the not too distant future. And in theory, it wouldn't be that difficult for them to take take the Model Y and cut the back off and turn it into some kind of a truck. Um, Musk has talked about this repeatedly, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see something there. And honestly, once Tesla starts to do something EV, that kind of opens the floodgates, and then we usually see a lot of other companies following yeah. pretty close. Do you know? Do you know what if? What if any kind of third market or third party aftermarket there is for parts? Because that's one of the mm. the big things with trucks is that you have this huge aftermarket you know business that's like a mile long of yeah. people that sell you aftermarket tires, aftermarket suspension, worn winches, roll bars, you know you know everything that would replace you know side panels, anything. Is there any kind of you know? aftermarket business for some of these uh companies not not yet definitely not the bollinger definitely looks like the kind of thing that you could kind of take apart with a screwdriver and a box and wrench so uh, presumably there could be a lot of easy <laughs> modifications there if you wanted to uh tesla though of course has been very reluctant to uh, allow a lot of access to their systems uh, we have seen some aftermarket work and some pretty cool tweaks to the model s uh, so far but by and large, that's been, you know, they haven't really gotten much help from Tesla. Uh, but but the big question, of course, is always how big of a market do these vehicles have? And, and you know, it's got to be a pretty substantial user base to then start to, you know, bring on the custom suspension lift kits and the wheel kits and things like that. Um, for, you know, once Ford builds a, a, an electric truck, at that point, you're guaranteed to have pretty, pretty strong uh, support from third-party manufacturers, pretty strong aftermarket stuff. But I think it'll take a major manufacturer to, to kind of wade in before we really see an extensive amount of customization for these things. Got to have a market before you can have an aftermarket, I guess. Exactly. Uh, one last question before we move on. I think it's an important one. Uh, range. What what are, the, what are the range like on these things? Because as TextJeb asked in the chat room, uh, Rancher out on the back 100 doesn't want to run out of battery. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's going to be one of the biggest challenges for sure. Uh, the, the workhorse W15, they're promising 80 miles of electric range and then I think 300, 300 to 310 miles of gasoline range after that. So that's that's really solid. Uh, full on EV, you're probably looking on the order of about 200 miles. I think that's what Bollinger is promising. Uh, you know, aerodynamics is such a huge part of this and trucks in general are not particularly aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a challenge for them for sure. But uh, but definitely, you know, you're also looking at large vehicles. So in theory, you could slap in a lot more batteries than you could in a sedan. So hmm. presumably we'd want at least 200 miles of range. Um, but again, if you're going to a job site and it's got a charger there, you might be able to top up there and, and you'd be all right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for, for helping us out with this. And folks, if you don't uh, know, theroadshow.com is a place to find out uh, about tech and cars all the time. And Tim is editor-in-chief of that. So go check it out, theroadshow.com. Thanks also to everybody who participates in our subreddit and also our Facebook group page. If you want to contribute either a story or vote up uh, out or comment on another, please do so. Tech at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also over on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. We love hearing from folks. We put your mails in the mailbag and then Sarah pulls one out and reads it like now. Indeed, I do. In fact, we thought we'd just keep the whole vehicle theme going today. Warren writes, as I listen to the story about driverless cars, this is from yesterday, I only wish that Len was on today, because it's Friday, to draw a car with somebody volunteering to sit in the safety driver's seat, kind of like the emergency exit row on an airplane. Maybe instead of extra leg room, you get to control the radio. 
I'm calling it now. Cable news channels will sell loot boxes in which you can skin your anchor to be one of many past anchors like Walter Cronkite, for example. <laughs> that would obviously be in a legendary box. So Warren is, you know, he's, he's, he's mixing a few stories that we talked about yesterday, but one of them was the idea of uh, if there is a self-driving car that is a taxi taking you where you want to go, how much does it matter to you that there's actually a human safety driver inside? Tom said, very important. Warren said, well, you know, maybe, maybe these, these, uh, the, these roles will, will continue to evolve when you get to control the radio. Um, if you sit in the, in the, uh, the, the passenger seat and then the idea that cable news channels may have, uh, not only AI uh, anchors, but anchors that remind us of anchors past. Yeah, you could skin with the anchor that you're watching on your browser could be different than than the one uh, everybody else watches. That's mm-hmm. uh, speaking of cars, uh, we can kind of grant Warren's wish in a part. Len couldn't join us today, but his art did. Uh, he drew his Friday art ahead of time for us, even though he couldn't be with us at recording time. You can find it on LenPeraltaStore.com. It's called Electric Pick-Em-Up Trucks, and it shows Tom loves himself some electric pick-em-up trucks. It's a, it's a very Pixar-looking truck with eyes and a smile and, and, a, and a plug to plug it in. And then he drew me in a San Francisco Giants hat for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> because they're the best baseball team, Tom. I think, Sarah, you paid them off, didn't you? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that they're the best. Look, Len, so Len said this to us, and then immediately as Len does, started to self-deprecate and, and say, oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's not. So what I need you to do, if you can all afford it, is go buy this right now at LenPeraltaStore.com. Show Len that he's wrong, that his electric pick-em-up truck not only looks great, I want to see, I want to see the animated adventure of, of of this electric pick 'em up truck and and the and the crazy hijinks it gets up to. <laughs> Good stuff, Len. Good stuff. Also, thanks to Tim Stevens for being with us. It's been a while, and uh, Tom mentioned uh, certain places that people can keep up with your work. But let folks know where where are the best places to follow everything that you're doing these days. Uh, yeah, so theroadshow.com is, is definitely the site that you want to check out. But uh, on Twitter, I'm at Tim underscore Stevens and at Tim Stevens on Instagram. And I promise, I promise to not make you feel lonely if you follow me on, on other Aww. I follow Tim. I can, well, I can guarantee. I will hold you to that yeah. because lots of my friends do. <laughs> so thank you, Tim. Hey, folks, uh, there's all kinds of good stuff at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you want to become a member of DTNS, not just a listener, but a member, uh, you can get in the Discord and listen to us record pre-show and post-show live during the day, uh, chat with other folks. Uh, I forgot to wear it today, uh, but they voted in the Discord for me to wear this hat, the Universal Studios hat. So I just remembered, and now I've put it on for Hat Friday. Uh, stuff like that can happen and will happen if you're a member of DTNS, so go do it. Patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Please give us feedback. We really appreciate it. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We're not on Monday as we observe Veterans Day holiday in the U.S., but we're back on Tuesday with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, 
whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.